The following is a fourth-hand production. Oh, that's not right. No. It's time for the news. Delete, 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 delete. All right, just put the candles here, the bread basket there, get the champagne glasses ready, and that about does it. Joba, what are you doing? And what what are you doing with the candles? All the all our bottled combustible gases are twenty feet away. I'm getting ready for Valentine's Day, Ripley. I've got an awesome date planned. Dinner. Show her my collection of intergalactic souvenirs and bedroom toys. And if all goes well, a little free-floating fortification in the escape pod, where we can be as loud as we want. Sounds like a great plan, Joba, but you do realize that it's a two-man job to get the escape pods reattached to the squirrel, right? And besides, what kind of girl did you convince to go on a V-Day date with you on a floating dumpster anyway? Ripley, there are some questions you just don't want to know the answers to. Welcome back, everyone, to a love or just lust-filled uh, edition of Close Encounters of the Slurred Kind. I'm Joba, just want to be loved Fett, and joining me as always... Ripley, roses are red, violets are blue, Valentine's Day sucks, but hopefully you do too, Scott. Haha, <laughs> we've got another great episode lined up for you, including revealing the chapter names of our upcoming book. And, since it's Valentine's Day, a list of the various women from sci-fi that make our hearts skip a beat and our phasers shoot a little too early. But first, we hit the news feed. All right, so our first article today is actually something that in a normal show we'd probably do as a list-type segment during the second half. But because we've got such a special plan for today's show, we're just going to go ahead and hit it early. So it's 23 weird Valentine's Day gifts your nutball will truly love. So Huffington Post. Some... That's right. Huff Post. Yeah. All right, so there's some pretty good ones in here. The first one is the U-Rock Candle literally has it's a hand um or a candle that looks like a hand doing the you know you rock symbol the the devil horns whatever you want to call horns it horns to the heavens man horns to the heavens that's right uh, next up we've got a selfie toaster this toaster will make basically you know burn a, a selfie onto your toast that is very yeah. very disturbing but remind and, your loved one that they're the best things in sliced bread right and it's not remarkably accurate obviously you're working with a very loose stencil here and it it, it looks pretty creepy so i, I would say no yeah. next one up though eggplant vibrator since my you know, god egg, eggplants are the uh euphemism for penises and uh you know emote or not emoji yeah emojis uh they figured why not just make an eggplant vibrator you might as well do it i mean this looks uh very relevant to our times today so right but uh just let it be noted that it is not the actual size of an eggplant and is much, much smaller, in case Absolutely. anybody was wondering. So more more life-size than for me, I'd say. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to go there, but, you know. Yeah, you know. You, you do you. All you right, got to be able up. to laugh at yourself, Ripley. <laughs> that, that is true, and we laugh at ourselves plenty. All right, next one up, maybe you can help me with this one. Karina Kova, never heard of her. Uh, real love sex doll. Um, you know, a life I don't size know replica. her. I don't know her, but I'd like to get to know her. You know, for sure. Right. Only thirty five hundred dollars. And now I don't really want to get to know her anymore. Right. Uh, a bloodshot eyeball backpack. That's just weird. 
They just were they were running out of things. They're like, okay, my 23 is my quota, and I got to hit 23 weird <laughs> items. They just threw that fucking thing in there, man. That's so dumb. Right, except wine is my Valentine sleep shirt. All right, that's pretty lame. Uh, <laughs> a thong with your face printed on it. Hell was- yeah, I could see the opener for that. Be like, you know, uh, oh, I had a really good one just now, and it just left me. It's like I, I totally see my had face one on your crotch. Yes, that's what it was, and it just left me. I was gonna say something like, you know, if I can't get my face on there one way, then I'll find uh, another way. No. You, you, you got it, though. That's what I was trying to think of. All right. Uh, cannabis wine is the next one. Um, okay. I mean, what's the point? You can get drunk off wine, or if you, you cannabis is your preferred choice, and you don't want to smoke, do an edible. I, I not understand yeah, right. the need for wine. But All right. Uh, next up, meditating pink flamingos. No, I'm not even going to bother talking about that. Oh, redneck. Controlled, redneck. Yeah. Remote-controlled bidet. Um, no, no, I don't know about that. Bidets, but I don't know why this qualifies as a Valentine's Day present. Like, they tried to spice it up by putting flower petals on the toilet seat, and like, they yeah. definitely mm. photoshopped the that roses flower. on it. Yeah, <laughs> that is <laughs> terrible. Wow, really so bad. Job. Anyways, don't ask me why. Giant champagne cork table, and that is that's it. that's cool. Yeah. It's literally what you would expect from that. Um, and after sex towel, this one, all right, this one's pretty funny. It just that says after sex. THC infused sriracha. Okay, I, that sounds like yeah. it would burn. What? I don't understand this. Does this go in your nose? No, it's like sriracha that has THC infused in it. So, like, you know, basically oh. a way of, well, the can, the can, or the can, whatever, the little container looks like it has a little nipple on the top that looks like kind of the, one of the things you, you know, there's like those, uh, the nose things you stick in and you breathe right. it in. Well, I'm sure you're not supposed to use a lot of it. Like, it's not like you're going to douse your burrito in this THC sriracha. That makes sense. That makes Maybe, sense. You know, a dab will do you. Uh, uh-huh. Next up, rainbow catacorn statue, a cat that's a unicorn and just, no, I'm out. Another Operate. one where they were like, fuck, I'm running out of ideas. What can I put in here? <laughs> exactly. Like, or they're doing someone a favor. Like, maybe their mother-in-law sent them a thing like, oh, you need to include this in your article. Yeah, Fine. that screams of geriatric gift right there, for sure. Definitely. Uh, next up, Operation Boxer Briefs. It, this one's real. I like funny. that. You could yeah, make a it's... game out of that and be like, oh, getting close, getting close. <laughs> I, I do not want tweezers down there, though. That does not sound Ooh. enjoyable. But uh, for those of you that can't see it, it's actually the operation dummy from the game laid out horizontally across the front of boxers. So, well, you know, if you, if you actually if you date or you're married to or if your significant other is a hairdresser, she probably has those really creepy long fingernails anyways that can like probably act as tweezers. That. That is true. And her name's probably has a Lynn in it. Does probably have a Lynn. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next up, this is half weed stuff that has nothing to do with Valentine's Day. I think we're trying to push an agenda here. Pink yeah. portable bong. All right. Mm. Okay, cool. Uh, sexy fanny pack. <laughs> this one. Oh, this that's is definitely awesome. White trash. It is hilarious. <laughs> uh, this particular it. one is. Uh, I, I would call it the Daisy Dukes. Um, yep. It's got a, you know, high cut jean shorts showing most of a butt. 
and this guy's obviously wearing this fanny pack behind him. So yeah, definitely put in the fanny and fanny pack. <laughs> I love it. I love that one. Uh, next up, cordless vacuum. Wow. Good luck with I, that one. Oh, but clever at the bottom there. Love sucks. I could see how that would be a funny pun, but without that, it would make no sense. Right. And if you try to give a girl a vacuum for Valentine's Day, you might as well just kiss that relationship goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. What the fuck is this next one? A cracker pillow. And Why? not a white person, a like a buttered like- cracker. Yeah. I again people either drinking, doing drugs, doing something like, dude, I've got the great greatest idea. I'm gonna make a pillow that's shaped like a cracker. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not sure how that constitutes as a Valentine's Day gift because it holds no relevance whatsoever. Kind of like a lot of these other ones, but I mean, no, that's it. I just I don't know. I think Huffington Post is huffing a little too much. Post. I don't right. Know. All right. The next one's pink. Pink lips. Banks. Like it's a piggy bank, but it's pink lips. Okay. Chocolate wine. All right. That that's we've come across mm-hmm. that before. Cannabis yeah. chocolate again. That's oh my like god, so much weed. Thing. Right. Uh, next up, yeah. kiss me, kiss me, mesh thong. Wow, that that's a little bit too see through for me. I, I, yeah, Ooh, don't know about that. Yeah, you can see lines on that one. Mm. Um, and that closes us out on a low note. So let's go ahead and move on to article number two because there's a lot in there I want to forget. Yeah, that was like a seventy thirty article. Like seventy percent of that was like okay, okay. Then like thirty, well maybe a little bit more than thirty percent was more like. Oh, I'm going to say fifty five forty five. That's a much, yeah, okay, that's probably more accurate for sure. All right, so let's head on over to the second article we have here. Uh, this is coming at you from lifestylenews.com, or ctvnews.ca, but lifestyle news. Canada, eh? Yeah, Canada. The brokenhearted, so the uh, the title here is brokenhearted. Zeus will, Zeus, not Zeus the god, but Zeus will let you name a cockroach after your ex and watch it get eaten. This was hilarious i know you'd seen this before ripley but for me i was like oh my god i i I had tears in my eyes this is such a good idea so basically what this is is uh, a campaign called cry me a cockroach at the san antonio zoo uh, which offers the recently single and the sufferers of unrequited love a way to celebrate the day as well so for about five dollars you can uh, actually buy a cockroach from the zoo and it will be fed to one of the zoo's animals as a snack turning wasted love into a savory treat. Wow. And if you pay $25, you can get a little bit more uh, morbid and you can sacrifice a rat to a reptile. (laughs) So the options are endless here, Ripley. Man, I was looking at this just going, you know, this, this made me think for a minute. I was like, I think we may have solved UFO abduction cases. What if aliens are picking us up and like they just had a really bad relationship from whatever you know, intergalactic relationship they were in. They're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's feed these humans to, uh, I don't know, one of those a crazy glurgan. ass, a glurgan, <laughs> some of those weird dimensional creatures on Rick and Morty. What if we're bitten, getting fed and we're just like, you know, could you see us in a cage? And I'm going, all right, I can't wait to see Zorphon the fourth get eaten by Chlorblorg. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, well, I think, I think that might be what they have under their sleeves. So, uh, but this was a really, really funny article. Kept reading it, and uh, apparently it's not something that's new. Uh, other, other zoos have done it as well with other promotions like Quit Bugging Me. Uh, 
which uh, is an, a promotion that runs for a few extra days with feeding occurring from February 14th to 16th. And it doesn't cost anything to register a name with the El Paso Zoo, but lovers are encouraged to donate. So it was very funny. I thought it was, and, that was awesome. Did you see this part where the director of the zoo will eat a cockroach for every thousand dollars raised? I did. I was like, oh my God, he was up to four cockroaches. As Ugh. of last Friday. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's, That's like a big, uh, fear factor type shit. It really is, man. I've actually, I hate to say that I've actually witnessed people eat cockroaches, but I think we even touched on it in one of our last episodes when I went and did that extreme haunted house. I had to watch this these people get up there. I, I, I pussed out within the first 20 seconds. I had to eat um, pig intestines. And nope. I, I took one sniff of it and was like, fuck it. I'm the first one out. Go ahead and make fun of me. Peace I'm out. The weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah, I am the weakest link. Goodbye peace out and so i sat there and we went to watch everyone else do it and it got to the cockroaches and they ate they ate impregnated cockroaches it was disgusting it was disgusting so uh yeah fuck that anyways you got you got an ex you don't like her very much uh go buy a cockroach name it and watch it get eaten so any good names that you would name other than just the name of your ex oh man let's see women that i just don't really like it doesn't have to be of any sort of relational relevance. I, I would name one like Brie Larson, who's going to come up later. <laughs> uh, I would name one Kathleen Kennedy, who ruined Star Wars. Uh, but trying to think. I, I guess I was going off with something more pun related or uh, more of a double entendre or innuendo. Like, she likes the cockroach. Oh, snap. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I guess you could do that for sure. For sure. I'd also or like to come up with sucks the cockroach. Oh, I like that. That's what I like. I'd, I'd come up with something like that. Like, um, uh, let's see. Papa, Papa the Roach or uh, <laughs> I don't know. It would be fun. I definitely have have some weird fucked up names in there. If I had enough time to get creative and I wasn't two or three beers deep, it'd be much easier. Fair enough. Fair enough. Didn't mean to put you on the spot there. So that concludes our articles for the day. Now we get to get into the meat of today's show, which we're very excited about. The sexiest women of sci-fi. So we have racked our brains. And yes. Go ahead and say the inappropriate jokes that are in your head. And have come up with a pretty cumulative list, all-encompassing, if I dare may say, of the sexiest women in uh, sci-fi. Now... By the way, if we did miss somebody, please make sure to hit us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and let us know who we missed and why, because we would love yep, to hear yep. back from you. Most of these women are going to be prone to appearing in more than one sci-fi film or be the embodiment of an entire sci-fi franchise, but there are some I'm sure that we did miss, so for sure let us know. All right, all right. So, uh, Joe, why don't you go ahead and start us off? All right, so Zoe Saldana. <laughs> Saldana? Saldana? I think it's Saldana. Yeah, um, Saldana. But she played Ohura in the uh, recent Star Trek rebooted movies and also Gamora on Guardians of the Galaxy. And she is definitely a sexified warrior princess lady, for sure. And also in Avatar. She was in Avatar? Did she play the weird blue thing in Avatar? Y yeah. yeah she oh, was, okay. So basically a voice in Avatar. But um, so yeah, she's been in like two of the three biggest grossing movies of all time because of yeah. Avengers and uh, 
or I think oh. three out of four or three out of three, maybe with both Avengers movies. And no, that's Avatar. true. I I just completely blanked on Avatar, which is a normal thing since most people don't even remember that movie. Right. Like it was, at one point it was the highest grossing movie of all time. And I guarantee you nobody could say one quote from that movie. Yeah. Nope. I literally don't know of any at all. So, right. It, it is a quoteless movie. Thank you, Jim Cameron. All right. <laughs> moving on. Number two. And, uh, Somebody we've talked about extensively on the show. Um, she comes back again and again. Jerry Ryan, who played Seven of Nine on Star Trek. And uh, as we talked, I have previously referenced, lived in Paducah. Yep. And her name is of actual actuality. Uh, her name is uh, Lynn Zimmerman. I'm sure if she ever gets a hold of this podcast one day, we're going to see some serious lawsuits. But you know what? That's her name. So That's right. Sue me, sue me. Man, I w- that's one girl that... I would Borg quite, quite a lot. That was a ref that, that was sort of like a riff on porking, but I'd be Borging. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't really work, but you know, I'm going to say it anyways. Eh, you know, you do you. Katie Sackoff, one of the more decorated sci-fi veterans on this list. Uh, she has been in her fair share of science fiction, um, TV and movie. So Battlestar Galactica, she was the infamous Starbuck. She was the Pink Ranger in, I don't know if you remember this or not, there was a really gritty star, uh, Power Rangers yeah. reboot. Yeah, it was it, well, way it was, better, it was just a better than the movie. Yeah. Video, right? Yeah. And it, it got like taken down. Short. Bandai or Saban or whatever took it down like a hundred times and fans kept putting it back up. It was really funny. No, uh, yeah, she, it was great. That's what I was hoping the Power Rangers movie was going to be like. And then it wasn't. It was right. a bummer. Uh, She was in Another Life as Captain Nika, which was very, very similar and reminiscent of her time on Battlestar Galactica. She plays a badass, sexy chick that, you know, uh, commands a vessel. So kind of the same deal. Uh, She is the first Bionic Woman in 2007 in the 2007 reboot Bionic Woman. Did you ever did you know that at all? I looked at that today and was like, holy cow. I didn't realize it was it was her. I, she doesn't play the main bionic woman per se in that show, but she plays the role of the first test test subject of whatever that program was in the show. So she shows up a lot in that, uh, which is kind of cool. And yes. she's in the movie, which was garbage. Uh, no offense, Katie Sackoff, but it was not a good movie. Twenty thirty six, Origin Unknown. If you see that, just skip it. Uh, other than that, she uh, you know she coaches uh, kickboxing in uh, Nashville on the side. Oh, very so, nice. Right, she doesn't uh, actually. Next... She does. She doesn't actually teach kickboxing. I just wanted to shout out again to that. My, you know, my old coach. So. Oh. <laughs> oh right, right, right. Forgot about that one. Good callback. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we've got Alice Eve, who was in Star Trek Into the Darkness and in Replicas, and has uh, appeared topless in her fair share of movies. Yes, and it's amazing. Oh man, I couldn't help it, but you know. I feel for Captain Kirk in that reboot when Chris Pine's sitting there staring at her and she's like, what did she see? Like, turn around in her like English accent. And he's like, uh, and she's like, turn around. I do the same shit, man. Faux show. Mouth agape. <laughs> and Replicas was a really crappy sci-fi movie with Keanu Reeves, believe it or not. I'm very confused as to why he made that movie, but it was a sci-fi movie and it did have a lot of famous actresses and she played his late wife, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. So the next one we got here is uh, Sharon Stone of uh, Total Recall. And I had to mention this because, God, how can you talk about Sharon Stone 
and not those legs from Basic Instinct and that scene where she spreads the legs. Oh my god. Oh, my. I was raised on that kind of Oh man, I remember <laughs> I remember watching my dad was watching Basic Instinct and I remember being like, This is a boring movie, Dad. Why do you watch it? And he's like, One day you'll understand, boy. One day. You'll you'll know why I like this movie. <laughs> Yeah, Sharon right. Stone. Yes, indeed. Right. And uh, yeah, gotta love Total Recall, the original, not the reboot. All right, next yes. up, we've got Trisha Helfer, who played Cyclone model number six in Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. And she it's also actually played... Cylon. I fucked that up. Sorry, oh. it was Cylon. My, all right. I was like, Cyclone. All right. I was going with it. <laughs> I'm like, Ron uh, Burgundy. I just read the teleprompter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, uh, I write it sometimes. Blech. <laughs> and she was also uh, the mother, uh, basically God's wife in um, Lucifer, if you've watched that at all. Whoa, she was. That's right. Totally forgot. Man, she is. I'm telling you, back, back when I watched Battlestar Galactica, like, I was pretty into Katie Sackhoff at that time. But she was one of the sexiest actresses on screen, in my opinion, on the small screen, small screen, silver screen, whatever. Right. Man, she could rock a red dress. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, Man. She's, she's no slouch. No, 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 no. So next we got Elena Huffman. Uh, and, you know, I was looking at going, who the hell? And I, I Googled her a little bit. And uh, she was in Stargate SGU. And then I remember she played the Canary. That's how I knew That's her. Right. Small. So I did. I was she like, had the oh, short God. hair in the canary, as the Canary, though. I wasn't a big fan, but... Uh, the picture I saw was like long blonde hair, much better. Yeah, yeah. And she was also on a show called Painkiller Joe. Uh, almost said Painkiller Joe. Painkiller yeah. Jane. And she was a DEA agent, some sort of covert agent. I don't, maybe it wasn't DEA. I can't remember. But she basically hunts clones or hunts hybrid people. So it was some sci fi based show, but she's the main character of that. I've never heard of it or seen it. I didn't know if you had. No, I. Mm-mm. Yeah, so she's the main character, so maybe one day I'll give it a shot. We'll see. Very nice. All right, next up, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. She, of course, the Hunger Games. You can count X-Men and uh, oh, Passengers. Yeah. I forgot about X-Men. That's right. Uh, everybody knows who she is. Everyone knows what she looks like. There's no need to really go into it more. She, we all right. she, so. she's, she's the law. She's the law of <laughs> Okay, sorry. Next, we have Scarlett Johansson, another pretty decorated sci-fi chick here. Um, she's been in Ghost in the Shell, which was a eh, not-so-well-received anime sort of reboot into live action. That just never right. happens well. You know, from Dragon Ball Evolution to this, they just can't. And what was that one on Netflix, Death Note? They just apparently can't handle the source material of a Japanese like comic. I don't know why they can't translate that into you know, a live action setting, but uh, they just, they struggle with that. Um, right. And she this was is the... why Pokemon never got made a mo- into a movie. You only got Detective Pikachu. Exactly. Which I think they did that pretty well. I liked Detective Pikachu. I did like that movie. Um, but anyway, so we got Black Widow. She was in, obviously, Black she played Black Widow in like all the Marvel movies. And she was in a really creepy sci-fi horror movie called Under the Skin that I watched that was really, really well done. It's kind of a slow burn. You got to stick with it. But there are some super super freaky parts and uh 
I would recommend it for sure. And then The Island, which we referred to in the last episode, talking about cloning. Uh, she plays a super, super sexy clone in a white zip-up little suit thing. And it's, oh, her innocent smile and that makes me just, oh, oh man, if I ever we ever got locked in a room together. My God. <laughs> and then she was in a really, really bad sci-fi movie called Lucy. Uh, did you ever watch that? No, I, I remember seeing the trailers and thinking, I want to see that and... If it's really oh. bad, I'm glad I never did. It was bad, dude. It's it's all about unlocking 100% of the brain's capacity and uh, right. just what humankind would be like if we could do that. And it was just, I was not a fan. And I don't think many of the people that saw it were fans either. Oh, good. You get to take the shitty one. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody, or Joba's favorite one here, Brie Larson. <laughs> does not like her uh she was in captain marvel obviously um i think my favorite role of her other than being the au pair from the league uh was in 21 jump street though i thought she her character was really enjoyable in that movie i'll be honest with you i don't even remember who did she play in in 21 jump street the main female character the one that like has a crush on jonah hill's character no way that was brie larson that just shows how much I try to push her out of my mind every time I turn on <laughs> I get it. I guess I got to explain. She's just, she's not been the most, she's like, I, I think there's nothing wrong with feminism. And I think women power is a big deal and it should, it's very important. But she just pushes that envelope so hard. All her movies are man sucks, women rule. And I think women can rule and men can be pretty cool too. I think there's a healthy balance there. She doesn't, and she also just apparently, she just, she just was, she's not. Have you ever watched the interviews with her and her uh, castmates? Yeah, I've, I've heard that they don't really seem to be on the Jot. same page. No, it's, it's awkward watching it. It's pretty bad. So, anyways, yep, there's Brie Larson. So, next one we have Karen Gillan, Doctor <laughs> Who's very own Amy Pond, as well as Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, she plays Nebula, who is Gamora's robotic cybernetic sister. And I will say she's much sexier and cuter as Amy Pond. <laughs> That's true. Or as the girl in Jumanji. Oh, yeah. I'm missing all kinds of shit this, today. Holy cow. Yeah. She oh, plays I, a. I mean, a. Jumanji would be on the fringe of sci-fi. So I, I don't blame you for not listening. But yes. Man, dude. She, she Okay. This is a good little. Uh, it shows her fierce side in Guardians of the Galaxy. Her cute side in Doctor Who. And then her sexy as book side in jumanji that scene where she does like the the dance fighting you remember that yeah, yeah. oh my lord anyways agreed yeah. agreed all right next up we've got kate beckinsale so uh she was in underworld she was in the new total recall which i did not see and have no intention of seeing uh van helsing and you listed total recall again <laughs> <laughs> were you drinking Oops. when you wrote this <laughs> i might have had a few beers okay Oh, uh, yeah. So I did not mean to do that. <laughs> but uh, she's like 40 something now. And yeah, just... she, she had a, she was dating Pete Davison for a while. Did you see that? The guy from no, SNL? Like how that guy is goofy as fuck. How He is. Like, and he, she's he... like next to being an angel as like a tr in, in like physical, physical assets. Right. You know? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy how hot she is and how, how I mean, I hate to say it, but she's she is definitely old. And I will say, Total Recall, the reboot, 
is one of my eventually we'll do a guilty pleasure movie episode i'm sure but she that that movie might be in my guilty pleasure i liked colin farrell in that movie i thought she was hot as fuck so uh, and the action was okay it wasn't bad it's nothing like the original at all right yeah i think that that's where a lot of people had a lot of heartburn because it was so different that but yeah. i mean if you're gonna do a reboot and especially where this was built based off of philip k dick novel anyway that they kind of transmuted into their own thing anyways I, if you want to do a reboot on that with your own interpretation i'm fine with it i just exactly. heard that it wasn't a great movie to begin with but and it doesn't taint the original because it is a completely different premise so. right right all right uh next up Oh, we got Lucy Lawless. I had to include uh, Xena Warrior Princess here because, I mean, that's pretty much sci-fi. I know it's more fantasy-based, but she was too hot to ignore, man. She actually played a reoccurring role in Battlestar Galactica, and she uh, is one of the main bad guys in Ash vs. Evil Dead. So she's pretty prevalent. I mean, she's got a lot of uh, TV screen time, and she was hot as balls in spartacus i don't care who you are even though that that shows basically softcore porn she was hot (laughs) so she also did own a uh, sex club in euro trip oh she was the club van der sex van der sex that was her, the wasn't it? In the are, wait, are you sure you said that right? Are you sure? Yes, yes, the flag. Okay. <laughs> Bring out the flag. <laughs> oh. Oh, I love that movie. All right, very good. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and let you know first off that this next one has never done anything for me, but she is a sci-fi classic goddess. Just Dude, she's a queen. She's she is a queen. Yes. Yes, so the, obviously Sigourney Weaver, Ellen Ripley in the whole Alien franchise was in Galaxy Quest, Cabin in the Woods, Paul, Avatar, Ghostbusters. I mean, she's been through it all. She even in uh, The Defenders as the uh, main bad guy for half the season. Spoiler alert. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, personally, never been my type, but. I, yeah, I, I just felt understand. like it would have been a it would have been a disservice not to include her. I was never really, you know, busting out the trousers at her face or her <laughs> body either. But you know, right. and there's a, in the first Alien movie, it shows her getting into her little sleeper pod thing, and I was like, I can fuck with that. I can fuck with that. <laughs> okay, okay. Like it was it wasn't like who I'd normally go for. But if me and her went out and had a beer. And obviously she's way more badass than me. I'd probably be a little turned on and I could probably make some bad decisions. So yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. Back and so, to our uh, beer goggle tournament. Oh, we should have thrown her in there, man. Oh my God. Oh, well, anyways, next one, we got Carrie Ann Moss, Trinity, the matrix. Uh, so she also played on Jessica Jones. Uh, she was in a movie called dead planet, which I looked at looked absolutely terrible. Uh, she was in a show called Humans uh, that was back in 2015, and she was also a character on Silent Hill. So she's got a pretty good little run right there, but I think her most uh, prevalent and the way that everybody knows her is for, as Trinity in The Matrix, and she did do it for me in the first one. <laughs> yeah, back then, which was, what, like 99? Um, you know, whole different time frame than what you see now on Jessica Jones, but yeah, back then yeah. in the leather, uh, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. All about that leather, man. Woo-hoo. Oh, you got a good one next. You got yeah. a good one. Uh, we'll we'll stare, stay on the Carrie train here with Carrie Fisher, <laughs> obviously from okay. Star, Star Wars as Leia Organa. 
I think <sighs> every boy that grew up during the seventies hit puberty right when that uh right old with that Jabba scene. Out. Oh, yeah. the job of the hut scene. Oh my god. I'm pretty Ooh. sure that that's the only reason my dad likes Star Wars. Like uh, <laughs> I would almost bet it. But uh, oh. so yeah, it would be a big disservice to uh, keep the late great Carrie Fisher off of this list. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know. So the next one is another one I threw on there just because she was too too prevalent, not to too much of a, a shining face of sci-fi for one particular franchise. So we have Linda Hamilton for the Terminator. Uh, as Sarah Connor. And she, again, in the first Terminator, she was kind of sexy. But yeah, she she was cute. She was cute. And then she just turned into just what what I would describe as a chain-smoking badass that would rip my dick off. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she just, like, became scary quick. But she was also, you know, like I said, she's an iconic face of an iconic franchise. She had to be mentioned. And she just returned, yeah. So mm. I wish she hadn't because I'm sure she wish she hadn't too. But you know what? Whatever. I, I, was it the movie that bad? I haven't seen it. Oh, it was worse than the reboot that came out before it. Yes. Oh, wow, it that's bad. Really, really bad. And I knew from the get go what they were trying to go for. And I was like, why do you guys keep trying to remake Terminator 2? Why? Just move on. And they just won't. So, anyways, I won't go into that. That's a whole. I could Thanks probably. Thanks a Jim. Yeah, right. Yeah, for real, for real. All right. All right. So, next oh. one uh, is one I can definitely get behind. Uh, Marina Bacharin, who was in Firefly. She was in Deadpool. She was also in Gotham and Anara. Oh, yeah. Yep, Anara. She was Anara in Firefly. She was actually, Anara was a uh, a royal, I think she was royalty, but it was a, she was a, a well, a more high class hooker. So I don't so think basically it was royalty. what she was in Deadpool. Well, I guess she's yeah. kind of low class hooker, but yeah, I guess she's, she's played on the high. She's taking the high road and she's taking the low road. <laughs> right, but uh, she absolutely killed it in Deadpool. I thought she was great in that movie. Mm. She is hands down just one of the most naturally gorgeous people that I've seen. Seriously, like I am unbelievably attracted to her. She is agreed. All right, mm. go ahead and close this out here. Oh, I got to close out one of my favorites. So, Jillian Anderson, and everyone knows her from X-Files. She plays Scully, uh, Mulder's infamous partner, who takes the more skeptical side of the cases and tries to find a more strategic and scientific approach to things that are happening. Um, And also, she's been in some other things as well. She's been in the movie UFO, which was a low-budget movie that I think came out in 2015. I watched it. I'm obsessed, obviously with ufology and it was a fantastic movie uh, about a basically a socially awkward uh, math kid that finds this equation that is a allows him to be able to like locate a UFO sighting the next time it occurs. And she plays a professor that kind of helps him with the equation and helps him basically solve it. So pretty cool movie. She was also in American gods, which was a pretty raunchy, but very well done show. Uh, and I'm telling you, I was going through her filmography and there was a movie that came up and I was like, this can't be real. I was like, this is not real. <laughs> like, do you remember that shitty movie that came out called, um, Atlantic border or something? And it was a, basically a total rip off of, uh, Pacific Rim, but it was like Atlantic uprising or something. It was completely, they just basically took synonyms of the movie's title <laughs> and then basically made this horrid 
horrid, like CD level movie. This is a movie she was in called Robot Overlords. I was like, Atl- no way. Atlantic Rim from the Sea. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. It was so bad. But no, she was in Robot Overlords, which seemed very much like that, like a really crappy, just bad. No one else in that is a known actor except for her. Oh, you know what? She she plays adjacent to a guy who's in some movies. And he Ben Kingston, I think, is in it. Is what I saw. Ben Kingston pl- plays in that with her. But I was just like, how is this movie? Kingsley, yeah. What did I say? Kingston Sir Ben Kingsley? Kingston. Yeah, I mean, he was the Mandarin. He's been knighted. Yeah, he's been in good stuff. He's been in some good ones. I can't, I can't say. He was in a movie called Selfless with Ryan Reynolds. That was pretty good too. Um, the Sound of Thunder, which was a prehistoricy type uh, movie where they go back in time and hunt dinosaurs. It's pretty good. Um, literally nobody else that I've no. ever heard of is in this movie. It. I. I am so curious. It's probably on my queue to watch tomorrow. Because I have never heard of this fucking movie, and she's great. So, anyways, Jillian Anderson, ladies and gentlemen, there we have it. Very nice, very nice. All righty then. So, before we move on to the next segment, I think the Black Squirrel is receiving another subspace transmission. Unless you either forgot to close out your incognito window or being hailed by your date. Psh, definitely not her. I only paid for 13 parsecs, and she's not supposed to be here until 9 o'clock anyways, I think. Unsure exactly how to tell time in the antimatter minute dimension, but I kind of hope I didn't miss her already. Anyways, should I put it on the screen? Yeah, go for it. The second annual Bayou City Paranormal Symposium is here, April 25th and 26th at the Pasadena Convention Center. Special guests include John Zaffis, Katie Stafford, the Kling Brothers, and more. Two spine-tingling interactive exhibits, including the fan-favorite Psychomantium 2. Over 40 vendors and exhibitors will be on hand. Free vendors shopping all weekend. Discounted pre-sale tickets and VIP available now through February 29th. Bayou City's premier event for the things that go bump in the night. Go to badwolfevents.com for tickets and more info all right well now that we're back we're gonna head over to the book we've been writing and don't judge us too hard it's still in you know production mode we're still you know giving all the editing finding out all the ways we want to change you know different aspects of it so it's not a complete project yet so what we have so far we're going to give you a little bit of a rundown on uh, each chapter individually the book's title Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. These are the unwritten rules of going intergalactic with that penis. Chapter 1, Mandalorian Masochism. Even the galaxy's best bounty hunters like to be beaten. That's right, this chapter's all about BDSM in that bounty hunter galaxy. See little, uh, you know, see their helmets just getting whipped, getting tied up. Maybe get a few swings in there. Got some rocket play, fly around, Ooh, you know, do a little yeah, rocket they're... fuckery. I gotta love some rocket fuckery. Mm, mm. Rocket Tom fuckery. Mm-hmm. Yep. So basically, you know, uh, the bounty that you're seeking is the booty, and you got to bring that booty in. So you got to do everything you can. Use all your little, uh, every, you know, your little hand rockets. You know, I, f- I feel like Mandalorians are all about their rockets. So. I think you might have a rocket in your pants if you do things right <laughs> in this in this chapter. So make sure you read that chapter very intently. So that brings us Can to I chap- my rocket in your bay. <laughs> I'm sure she'd say yes. So brings us to chapter two. Why shock her when you can spock her? 
how to know when a Vulcan orgasms. We've all been there. We've been laying with our pointy-eared partner, and she's laying there, and, and you're doing everything you can. You're huffing, and you're puffing, and you're trying to blow her house down, and she's just laying there, expressionless. She's motionless, yeah. You know, how, how do you know? How do you know when you've elicited some sort of feeling in her if she's not going to be able to express it? So that's why you've got to listen and really take all the the steps that we we tell you in this chapter to heart and you just, you got to know exactly what to do in order to know when it's time to move on. Sometimes you just kind of got to nudge her and, and ask her and be like, Hey, can I, can I have mine now? <laughs> Are you there yet? Yeah. Yeah. So remember sometimes logic is key. That's true. That is very true. And no one gets off, uh, on logic more than a Vulcan. So <laughs> chapter number three in Finicest, how time travel can make you your own dad. We only uh, saw this what a in, yeah, we almost saw this in Back to the Future, and uh, we wanted to make sure that this chapter was in there, our, our book so that you know you didn't repeat or potentially repeat what Marty McFly almost did. Exactly. You know, no matter how attractive your mom might be, when you go back in time, you got to stay away. You know, bang her friends, you can bang her acquaintances, but you must never, ever risk becoming your own old man. You know, that's right. And probably stay away from the sisters as well. You, you yeah. don't want to be messing with the ants. That could probably result in either extra appendages or, you know, the entire universe being wiped out of existence. So, right. Either, or multiple occurrences like in Rick and Morty, where we have simultaneous dimensions going on and it, it creates an unstable shift in the uh, I don't even yeah. time continuum. That's right. And it always, it always ends in the same result a big. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. All right. Brings us to chapter four. Getting back to our sexual groots. Learning the methods of keeping hardwood all night long. <laughs> so, you know, you just got to. This, this is a good one here. This is a good one. That's right. It is 37 pages of groot, groot, groot. That's right. That's right. And you, if you don't speak groot, you, you might want to just skip this chapter because you'll be kind of lost. It's it's uh, it's very complex. There's a lot of really hard hard facts in there. This is a very very important chapter. So if you don't know Groot, the language of Groot, you need to learn it. You know, it's uh it's difficult. It's true. You're you're missing out because you know the Groot times Groot called this basically Shakespearean and Groot language, but it, it's right. it's tough to translate if you don't know Groot. That's right. That's right. I mean, if you can't decipher between I am and Groot, then you are and screwed. That's true. All right, number five, Dr. Hoo-Hoo, alternate uses for your sonic screwdriver. That's right. Oh. That our, our little door-opening pal can be used as a pleasure device as well. That's right. You, I mean, hey, if you get lucky, you might even get the 11th Doctor's model with a little hook on the end, you know, that little grapple Ooh. that comes out. I mean, you know, that's going to pique your interest and in maybe something It's almost else. like a squirrel's penis. It is, you know, and she may already be used to your squirrel penis, you know, so you got to be careful. Make sure you might, you may, you may want to get a bigger one, if, especially if you're 3D printing. You could 3D print a bigger sonic screwdriver for bigger pleasure. So, you know, the options, nice. the options are endless. So that brings us to chapter six, becoming the womb raider, learning from Lara's Croft. So... <laughs> This is a really important chapter of the book. You gotta 
when you get in there and you find the hidden treasure at the bottom of the G spot, it's it's all about learning how to maneuver when you're in the croft. <laughs> you have to, you know, it's a lot of learning. You got to, I can't even take that one seriously. <laughs> Uh, uh, self-explanatory right. so <laughs> right all right number seven xx x-men superpowers aren't always a burden that's right here we talk about some of the superpowers that will help you in the sack yeah yeah so becoming a triple x-man is just as easy as waking up and realizing that you have super strength you can super put your partner's head through the back of the headboard of the, the bed you know if you've got super breath just think of the chills you can make run down her spine um you know the the options here are endless you know you can telekinetically convince her that she's being pleasured even if you're not doing it for her um you know maybe you got the mystique mystique power you can transform into anyone she really wants who's probably anybody but you let's let's be honest here colossus has the king of all powers in this arena that's true that's true i'd say he he probably ruined a lot of women (laughs) probably meanwhile iceman's like being frozen out literally from every girl iceman but he's got a great line that he can use on any girl he can go you don't want to leave me with blue balls i have blue balls (laughs) (laughs) come on girl Come on, you know, you got to finish, otherwise I'm going to have blue balls. But then she'll probably come back and go, you always have blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> However, it, it, as you may or may not know, it turns out that uh, Iceman is actually gay. No in way. The comics. Oh, yeah. in the comics he is. That's right, that's yeah. right. Did they, they? Yeah, they didn't go for that in the movies because he was all about um, Rogue in the movies. Right, yeah. Right. And then Kitty, I think, later and on. And then Kitty Page, a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. 2020, maybe we'll have a, a gay ice man down the road. Who knows? So, brings us down to chapter eight. Wookie love making. <laughs> <laughs> the proper, the proper cat, the proper Kashik mating call technique. So, in this chapter, you'll learn how to pinpoint the right frequencies with your diaphragm in order to open your throat up and. I can't even do it. I'm trying. I can't be the only one on this goddamn podcast that tries to do a Wookie call. You have to do a Wookie oh. call. <laughs> right. So uh, if you read our chapter, you'll know how to do that expertly for sure. Right. Do as we say, not as we do. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, chapter number nine, bring on rough sex etiquette. You have to know the rules. There's, you know. Yeah. The yeah. proper agenda in place here. We have rules for reasons. Uh, you no. got to know the, the safe words. Got to yeah, know, right. you know what your partner's king tolerance is. I think maybe they were like German and Russian. They must have taken those dialects and, and used them to create Klingon because it sounds very similar in my opinion. I don't know. Oh, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, after all, uh, George Lucas, you know, basically... Darth Vader means dark father in German. So, ah, uh, well, maybe Star Trek went, makes, maybe Gene Roddenberry went in the same route, you know? You, you know, it, it wouldn't be a surprise, especially as, you know, as progressive as he was for his time. Um, and I don't, I don't say that in a negative way because he, like, he was way ahead of his time for the social conventions at the time, hence Uhura and uh, Captain oh, Kirk yeah. kissing that whole thing that we've talked about before. So, 
he absolutely he, he probably was uh, or did have some reasoning in there or had that in his mind maybe even subconsciously. when coming up with the dialects yeah he probably did and you know you're you're you got to walk a thin line with this one because i'm telling you man if if your sex is too rough you die and if it's not rough enough you fucking you die. die so <laughs> i mean you got to really make sure you pay very close attention to that chapter that's right. You've got the uh, concentric circles. That's what I was thinking of. There you you know, go. The overlapping there circles. And there's that very finite range where you're, it's your sweet spot. Anything other than that, well, you're dead. Exactly. Exactly. And that brings us to the 10th and final chapter. Soylent Green is not an aphrodisiac. And here is why. And I think really the only thing that we should say or have to say is that, you know, you're going to be eating people. If you take it, unless you want to taste your best friend's boner or the guy down the street's boner or whatever, even if it is somewhat empowering for the man downstairs in your pants, you know, is it really worth that risk? You know, can you have that on your conscience? I mean, I don't know. Have you ever seen Soylent Green? I have not. So the premise of this movie, another one of those futuristic types where the government is is running out of ways to feed the masses because of overgrowing population and things like that. So they basically feed the they, there's this invention and everyone's, oh, my gosh, there's this new product that's feeding everybody. And it's called Soylent Green. And it's uh, it's people. They kill people. And that's what they feed people. Mm. So it might get your wiener hard, but it might get your neighbor dead. Yikes. So, yep. Stay away from the aphrodisiac, and that might give you a very, very high amount of honor if you say no. And if you have enough honor, you can circle back to chapter nine, and that'll turn every Klingon's head in, you know, in the quadrant, because they're all about that honor, man. They're all about honor. So you'll be having rough sex with a Klingon in no time if you follow number 10. So they all coincide. will be honor. <laughs> oh, bada bench. By following those instructions highlighted in the chapters above, we promise you and your significant other will have a long and fruitful partnership, unless your partner's species is asexual, in which case you should probably just get used to Jill and Pamela Henderson. But that about double wraps up our book uh, and this episode. I see what you did there. Um, I think your date is here. Man, not again. This is like the fifth time that 1-800-ASTRO-AFFECTION has screwed me over. I specifically said to make sure she isn't a vegetarian, not to send me an Oscavarian. Going to assume you want me to punch the hyperdrive and not access the docking protocols then? You're lucky I'm only 89.999% dickhead. Well, you definitely earned that 0.99% tonight. Docking complete. Bro! <laughs> I'm sorry, I could not help myself. Until next time, stay slurred. Say it ain't so, that's the end of our show. Turn the mic off, go the f*** home. Joe Buffett here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoy our ridiculous content, you can get to your nearest cosmic communication device and spread the word to your friends, family, co-workers, or nearby nerf herders. We're available on Spotify, Google Play, Sheeple Music, I mean Apple Music, or wherever you listen. If you have an idea for our show or would like to propose a theme, send an email to CloseEncountersSlurredKind at gmail.com. That's CloseEncountersSlurredKind at gmail.com or shoot us a message on Facebook. Have a great day and we look forward to falling even deeper into the Antimatter Minute with you next time on Close Encounters of the Slurred Kind.
Dude, seriously? How was I supposed to know they have combustible orgasms?